all these years in coming up to the coast, I would say, I just want to go out and get a decent sandwich. Where can I get a decent sandwich? What are we going to have for lunch? And I know, you know, especially in the last four to five years, the coast has improved a lot and there, and there is, there's definitely been inroads and improvements in what is available. But still, I, I don't think anybody on the coast is doing what we're doing. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. There have been many new openings during the last year, and from afar, opening a food offering during a pandemic looks like a crazy thing to do. But we've seen real successes from people with nothing to lose, some rolling the dice on a dream and taking the risks they may not have had in normal days. There have been some that have yearned to be in the hospitality sector and through a series of events felt it's now or never. Litza Ward is the owner of Lunch Bar in Woi Woi, New South Wales. Litza, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Huck, how are you today? I'm good. You um, chose a time during a pandemic to dive into the hospitality sector. What was that like? It was, uh, it was, it was a big call, uh, to be honest. Um, but out of desperation, I guess, um, you, you kind of do crazy things and uh, you, you find this inner drive to to want to move on and get on with your life. And uh, I guess um, a, a passion for uh, finding decent food on the coast was, uh, I guess, the major calling point. And, um, yeah, that, that kind of... Um, Got, we got the ball rolling in about May, to be honest, uh, after being made, um, well, I guess redundant uh, because of COVID. Before we analyse that sort of situation that you were in and the, the dive that you took into hospitality, well, how long had you been thinking about the possibility of doing something in hospitality? To be honest, in the last couple of years, I hadn't thought about it at all. Uh, I, I guess it was a thought maybe about, a decade ago or wow yeah uh before before our kids came along we, we've got two teenagers they're like oh, 15 and uh, almost 14 at the moment and I'd, I'd always wanted to open up my own business even in sydney but i guess um you know a lot of the time women sometimes take a bit of a back step and, and let you know the the major breadwinner in the family be the hubby, and uh, I, I kind of, you know, thought I'd be a mum for a while and focus on that, and just had part-time jobs. But I had a I had a very similar dream to the shop we've opened, um, you know, even even before being married. So it, it was a long time ago. I just thought I'd I'd focus on my career and and earn some serious money myself uh, for the for, for the better part of the last twenty years. <laughs> Well, this isn't the first time you've worked in the food sector, but take us back to when you were young. What sort of role did food play in your family? Okay. Uh, we, I, I come from a Greek family. Uh, my parents migrated to Australia and met and married here. So I guess Greek food and uh, multicultural food was always in abundance, uh, whether at friends' homes or, you know, uh, going out with um a whole array of different colleagues, etc. cetera. Uh, very, very Greek up, upbringing. Um, you know, lamb on the spit for every Greek Easter and Christmas. 
family gatherings and uh, I had a, I had a stint for quite a few years part-time working at Montefiore Jewish Home in Hunters Hill and I used to serve um, all the elderly their meals on a, a Saturday and a Sunday afternoon for a couple of hours, uh, which was really interesting and uh, a real eye-opener, to be honest, and, and understanding the whole Jewish community and what happened in the war. Um, so that was, um, that was, I guess, my first major role, just working with food. And then I worked in a butcher shop up at Ivan's Butchery at Top Ride. I think Ivan's is still around doing wholesaling, aren't they, at the moment? Um, and uh, oh, in a bakery, uh, I, I, my, my family, all my uncles are in Greece, my mum's brothers, my dad's first cousins, they're all bakers and pastry chefs. So anytime we went overseas, there was always, you know, this love of bread, bread and re- just really, really good food. So, yeah. You mentioned you had thoughts of opening a cafe like you have a long time ago. Um, what, what were the experiences that you have that inspired that? Were there any sort of cafe experiences that you'd had that had triggered the sort of thoughts of your own place? Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I grew up in the inner west. Um, I grew up in Gladesville, but um, Balmain and, uh, you know, Annandale, Leichhardt, all those sort of um, uh, suburbs in Sydney, uh, that, you know, there were cafes aplenty. Uh, there were, the, you know, there, there's heaps of them. But I guess having worked in Balmain for a good part of a decade, I uh, I found real. Um, I used to love going to Batoni and um, having a chat to Albert and the boys there, and uh, we um, we just used to talk food and we. we uh, Albert and I actually had a shared um, kind of interest talking about um, payments platforms as well uh, because we had started a payments platform company at the time and. Um, so we used to just, you know, I used to love just going there and checking out the vibe and and go, you know, this is so cool. They've done such a great job. I wish I could do this one day. And uh, I, I just used to love going there. I love their food. I love Italian food. My, my sister lives in Italy and uh, I've been lucky enough to be able to visit Italy and Rome about five times um, pre-kids <laughs> and once with kids. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, just, yeah, I guess Batoni was probably my favorite, you know, from an experience point of view and the whole customer service and, and just the whole vibe and people hanging out out there that that's, that's the sort of vibe I, I, I dreamt that I could possibly have, um, or, or create one day. With all those trips to Italy, um, what sort of impacts and experiences uh, did you have there and, and what impact did it have on you in regards to your views on food? I think the major thing is um, just the, the simplicity of the food and it doesn't have to be a medley of ingredients to, to make a good panini or a sandwich or pasta or any, any kind of meal, like just keeping it basic. And um, I guess freshness, like, you know, things are not packaged up, you know, and that's that's a big um, focus on what we're doing is 
we make everything to order. You, you won't walk into our shop at the lunch bar and, and get something pre-made. It, it, it'll be made for you there and then. We have a couple of items on display on occasion, but most of the time it's um, it, it's made to order. So in Italy, yeah, just everything is so wholesome and fresh and, and the produce is quite amazing. So uh, I guess, yeah, just my views always, well, you know, I guess I'd, I'd taken on the less is more uh, approach. You left Sydney and moved to the central coast. What, what triggered the, the tree change for you? Uh, it, was, it was something that we, um, we'd thought of doing in retirement, but not really, you know, at our age. <laughs> uh, it was accelerated by, um, uh, I guess, a series of events in a, in, in a business that we um, had in Sydney. And uh, to, to keep it in simple terms, uh, for legal reasons, I've just got to say we didn't see eye to eye on where the direction of the business was going with uh, another party. And uh, we decided to part ways. And uh, in parting ways, we had to reassess what what, what we were going to do, where we were going to be employed, what what paths, you know, where our children were going to go to school, and we we were priced out of living in Sydney. So, having had a holiday house on the coast up here uh, in Yamina for the last fifteen, sixteen years or so, that um, uh, we were we were visiting, um, you know. The shack out the back, not the house. The house is rented out, but visiting the shack, we'd always come up the coast and said, oh, you know, it'd be great to move here one day. And we thought, well, it's 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 a now or never moment. And our son was about to go into year seven. And we thought we better do it now. Otherwise, we won't. And uh, we moved up to the coast. You mentioned that the, the cafe was triggered by uh, a loss of employment at the beginning of the pandemic. What were you doing and what happened? Uh, I was um, I was working at Glenworth Valley at the uh, – most people know it as the horse riding centre at Pete's Ridge. They actually have this beautiful, magnificent, multi-million dollar events building in the valley and I secured a job being their uh, events manager uh, and I guess I was um, pretty much selling events, corporate events and weddings um, for the valley to, to, to come and have functions in the valley. And that entailed um, also deciding on menus and what have you for, for all of the parties. And then I guess it was like, you know, a multiple series of events. They were really affected by the bushfires uh, the previous year at the end of 2019 and then some floods came through which wasn't fun and then uh, all of a sudden COVID struck and every corporate was just cancelling events left right and centre so I unfortunately lost my job and I was very very sad about it to be honest because I I enjoy working and and we had to work you know we've got a family to support kids at school and um we that was in the March, and it took took me a few months to snap out of it. You know, you could probably say I was a little bit depressed about the whole thing, but um, 
I took some advice from a counsellor and we had a bit of a chat and I snapped out of it. And by May, I started writing my business plan for um, a sandwich shop or a takeaway food shop and um, found a location, a great location. And the minute we walked in, I said to my husband, this, this is it. This is the one. I can feel it. So it was, it was the old bakery in Woi Woi in a really, really prominent position um, on Blackwall Road. And it had been a bakery for 25 years. So off we went. Used some COVID, COVID cash. <laughs> drew on our superannuation <laughs> and built a shop from our super. What did it feel like after going through the trauma of losing uh, your job in a pandemic and rolling the dice with with superannuation and stuff like that? What did it feel like building this um, business for the first time? I, I actually found it a really big adrenaline rush. Um, my, my husband was very supportive, I think, I think because he had faith in knowing what I could do. Uh, but it, it was it was a really big adrenaline rush. But just seeing how we um, renovated the, the whole store and, and what we've done there, um, I could just feel it. I, I, I don't know. It was just a sixth sense. I I was nervous. I think the the few nights before opening, you know, I was I don't know what I was running on, but I was running on something. But um, it was, um, you know, it was exciting. I wasn't. I wasn't frightened by it. Um, I was nervous, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't scared or, you know, shitting bricks, as they would say. <laughs> so, um, what surprised you about running a cafe? How hard it is. <laughs> um, you, you know, it, it's hard work. It's really hard work. But by the same token, it's really, really rewarding uh, when – Customers are coming into the store, especially, you know, the, the first six months, every single day, customers would come into the store and say, oh, wow, oh, wow, look, what, look, oh, is this the old bakery? Oh, my goodness, it looks so different, you know. And and everybody telling us that, you know, our coffee's amazing, the, the food's great. Um, it was – it's so rewarding and, and, and it's still, you know – a year down the track, customers are still coming in, locals who may, for whatever reason, may not have come into Woi Woi uh, and seen the shop, are still surprised and said, oh, when did you open, you know? Um, so that was my old fuddy-duddy voice because a lot of our customers, the, the, the previous bakery customers were old fuddy-duddies. <laughs> Tell us about the the offering that you've created there um, it's it's called lunch bar, but what are you? What are some of the dishes? Um, can you tell us about them to give us an idea of what you're doing? Sure. Um, so we we're a takeaway offering for breakfast and lunch. Uh, it's your standard fare for breakfast, like bacon and egg rolls, um, uh, a few you know kind of different, more enticing sandwiches and wraps with um, Greek influence. Uh, the lunch menu is, I, I guess I was yearning 
all these years in coming up to the coast, I would say, I just want to go out and get a decent sandwich. Where can I get a decent sandwich? What are we going to have for lunch? And I know, uh, you know, especially in the last four to five years, the coast has improved a lot and, the, and there is a lot more on offer. And um, there's definitely been inroads and improvements in what is available. But still, I, I don't think anybody on the coast is doing what we're doing, um, you know, I've always loved a Reuben sandwich. We have a killer Reuben. Uh, we have a King Schnitty wrap. We make our schnitzel in house. I, I don't. I don't buy uh, pre-made schnitzel. We, you know, support the local butcher across the road. He bangs out the chicken for me, and we season it and uh, put our secret little bits and pieces into it. And we have real chicken schnitzel. Um, there's a sandwich called the Greek bird, which everybody loves, and uh, I guess the Greek bird is me. <laughs> so um, drawn on inspiration from, you know, Zeus Greek street food, I guess. So because there's no we, – we don't have – there's no sort of lucky Peter Euros shops up here. So uh, – and again, there, there's there's a lamb sort of lucky Peter and there's a Greek sort of lucky Peter, and I've called them – Mykonos and Santorini and the names were uh, derived from a conversation I had with the first customer that ate the lamb one. And she goes, oh, you've taken me back to Mykonos. I said, oh, that's pretty cool. That's exactly what I wanted you to feel. And um, I went home. I said to my husband, oh, so funny. You know, the lambs were lucky today. This customer said that I've, you know, she felt like I took her back to Mykonos. He goes, that's what you should call it. I said, great idea. <laughs> So um, we have the Mykonos is the lamb and the, and the Santorini is the chicken and uh, there's a few other items there. We do lots of treats. I make every Wednesday I started making spanakopita and for the first three months no one would buy it because they didn't really know what it was and I had to say, hi, I've made my spanakopita today. Would you like to try a piece? Anyway, and now we make it religiously every Wednesday. We make a big, big tray and customers come in and ask for it. So we're just trying to educate the uh, the woi woi and the peninsula on, on what real good Greek food is about. And um, we also do, I do a my own galactoburiko. Um, do you know what that is? It's a semolina custard uh, with uh, phyllo, honey honey syrup and phyllo pastry. And, um, yeah, so just very, very Greek influence. We, we, we bake a few different cakes uh, every week. And, um, yeah, so it's like coming into, you know, just a little, a little corner store, but it's got, Treats, awesome coffee we get from um, CG Roses in Sydney. Uh, the, the the blend is the Adore Mustro blend, um, and um, we do play killer tunes all day. People love the music. One one day I thought I'd COVID was driving me mad, so I I think I put up a story and said I'm dancing COVID away, and there was a bit of a snip of me dancing outside the shop that. People found amusing and thought they'd comment on. <laughs> so, trying to trying to find the light in the COVID madness, I guess. 
you mentioned that you saw a gap in the market for great sandwiches and a great sort of takeaway offering in Woiwoi. What makes a great sandwich? Definitely fresh produce and um, uh, great sauces, secret sauce, the secret sauce. It's all in the secret sauce. So we have a herb mayo that we uh, make. We also make the Russian dressing for the Reuben and we also make the tzatziki and I've drawn on a few little secrets. One of them was George Columbaris' secret because I watched a lot of I watched a lot of MasterChef. I think I watched way too much MasterChef. And um, yeah, really good sources, fresh produce, and keeping it simple. What's it like in in Woi Woi um, from a food uh, sense? Are there, are there some good offerings around um, that you've become part of? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's um, a store called Young Barons, which I don't know if you know of. Um, they started off as a, a, a specialty pasta restaurant and they they too had to adapt through the pandemic and decided that they weren't going to be a restaurant anymore and they've turned themselves into a general food store. They're uh, 75 metres down the street from us. Um, they do amazing amazing pasta and, you know, more like a, a, an upmarket deli. And um, they do a great job. Um, and there's Link and Pin, but they've kind of changed their vibe a little bit. They're, they're, they're heading down the music scene path. Uh, but pretty much on that main strip, there is not much. My, my, my closest competitor is uh, a Michelle's Patisserie and I, I kind of don't really call that competition. You've been open a year now. What's it been like trading through a pandemic with your first uh, store? Uh, has, has there been some um, challenges? I guess um, I think just the uncertainty of, of what's next or, you know, when are we going to be locked up, what's going on. But, again, again really lucky in the sense that until this lockdown in June, uh, end of June, sorry, early July, we, we honestly did not feel the impact at all because we were takeaway. The only thing that happened is that um, in this round of um, lockdown, we weren't allowed to have any patrons sit outside because we have a, a whole courtyard that we're allowed access to and uh, there's a beautiful palm tree in the courtyard and, you know, we put the umbrellas up and everybody just gets to hang out and listen to some cool tunes. And I think the biggest impact has been that um, – so we, we also got our liquor license, so we are licensed, and we would host Friday night sessions with acoustic um, music uh, and entertainment and and serve cocktails and, and have a bit of a happy hour every Friday afternoon, and we haven't been able to do that, which is a bit disappointing. So we've, we've certainly had to adapt and... I guess in this round, the best thing that's happened is I decided to put us on menu log and that's been amazing. So, yeah, menu logs, I just, you know, it got turned on in the morning and all of a sudden these orders started spitting out. It was it was freaky. It was like, do people really order breakfast on menu log? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> 
yeah. So There's a Greek element to what you're doing. Have you had good support from the local Greek community? There's not that many Greeks up here, to be honest, still. Um, there's the occasional customer that comes in and if they're Greek background and they see the Galaktoburiko, <laughs> which all my Aussie friends, by the way, uh, have mastered the art of repeating um, or pronouncing, I should say. Um, so a lady, you know, a lady came into the shop the other day and she said, oh, you don't have Galaktoburiko today? And I said, oh, no, I don't. Um, look, I'll, I might make it and I'll let you know if I do. So I I had found some time that day to make it, so I SMSed her and said, "Hi, Jamie. Um, the Galactoburico's ready. If you're if you want to come and buy some." And she walked in. She said, "But I want the whole tray." I said, "Oh, okay, <laughs> sure." <laughs> so, um, you know, they they creep in every now and again. The Greeks, um, mostly from Sydney, to be honest. They um, when when, when you know when it opens back up again, I'm sure. They'll be coming back. Holiday ma- holiday makers with holiday houses. So yeah, but but generally there's not too many Greeks in in Woi Woi or on the peninsula. You've had uh, your own business for a year, and it's um, what's it what's it like? What what do you love about what you're doing? I love I love seeing the growth. I guess I, I I'm you know we're financially driven people. Uh, we 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 love seeing the dollars coming through. Um, but equally as important, I would say, you know, those happy, smiling customers coming in and just giving us great feedback about the food and the coffee. The coffee was really, really important. I, I you know, I just can't tell you how important it is. And, you know, when, when we're at home and not at the shop, you know, we do go down the street. There's other places we, we buy coffee from. There's only a couple that we really like. And then on the odd occasion, if I have to swing by the shop for whatever reason, if I'm not there and I grab a coffee myself, you know, just really good coffee is so important. <laughs> it's so important. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the feedback on our coffee is awesome. And, um, you know, even like menu log reviews straight up, almost six out of six stars, in, in, in a month's worth of menu log. So, I, I you know, very, very rewarding, very rewarding on, on people telling us how we've gentrified woi woi and it, you know, this little nook doesn't look like Redfern anymore. <laughs> you know, um, we had, you know, there's still, there's still a lot of homeless people um, living or, you know, in Woi Woi and, and kind of hanging out. And what the other really beautiful thing about the community is that um, there's so many um, amazing customers and, and the community spirit is great because a lot of customers are paying it forward. You know, they'll come in and say, oh, you know, see that homeless man over there, I, I really want to buy him a coffee or something to eat. And, you know, and and – it, it it happens all the time, which is it, it's really a beautiful thing. So, and um, yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, the banks. You know, we've done deals with a few banks where they've come in and said, "Oh, we'd like to offer our customers, a, you know, a free coffee," and you know, we'd we'd like, you know, they've chosen our our shop. Um, 
And yeah, we've, we've done a few different things like that. So still very new. We haven't even touched the sides. With the success of the last year, even with the pandemic, do you have any sort of future plans for expansion? Yeah, we do. Um, we, we're looking at expanding. Um, we're currently only open till 3 p.m. Uh, Monday to Friday, except when we have the drinks on the Friday night where we open till late. Uh, we're currently working on having a dinner offering uh, for, for menu log pickup. And I guess the ultimate future plan is to be able to just, you know, be, be equipped well enough with staff to be able to open the shop even, um, you know, till eight or nine o'clock every night. But, you know, I, we need many more litters. Um, at the moment, and I, I need to find a few more litters. Well, that's a, we've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds to hear your story, um, and no doubt there'll be much more to it soon as well. Please keep in touch, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.